You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Last week, President Trump signed an executive order. He says we'll start the process of ending Obamacare. His actions include a more uh, a way to stop making scheduled payments to insurance companies that help lower deductibles for low-income people. Is this the beginning of the end of the Affordable Care Act? What will this mean for insurance rates and what will it mean for people here in Michigan. Joining us now to talk about that is Marion Udow Phillips. She is director of the Center for Healthcare Research and Transformation. Marianne, welcome to Detroit Today. Great to be here. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the great sad irony of what is being done is that there is no pretense about what the president says he wants to do. He says he wants to destroy the Affordable Care Act by making it not work, making it work less so than it already does so that it just collapses. And I guess I don't I don't really know what he thinks will happen after that. But for sure, there will be people who suffer as a result. I think that's really clear. Yes, and unfortunately, I think that is really true, especially this latest decision to not pay those cost-sharing subsidies means that people will be paying more in premiums and we as taxpayers, those of us who don't get our coverage that way, will be paying more in taxes because it actually costs us more money to do this approach to health care. Yeah. Uh, talk about these subsidies that he wants to, that he wants to end. What, what are those subsidies doing right now in the market, and how does that look on the consumer end of it? So under the Affordable Care Act, uh, people who earn less than 250 percent of poverty uh, and aren't eligible for Medicaid are eligible for two types of tax credits, tax credits to help them pay the premiums for health insurance, but these tax credits help reduce the co-pays and deductibles so that they can actually get access to care. It's those tax credits for co-pays and deductibles that the president has said he will stop pain, but the health plans are still required to low, lower those copays and deductibles, so they won't get the funds from the federal government to cover that cost, and they will have to raise premiums for everybody else. Yeah. And, and when that happens, there are other consequences, I guess, that, that could unfold that destabilize insurance, not just for the people who were benefiting from these subsidies, but for people in in lots of other other spaces, is that right? That's that's right. Well, well, first of all, right off the bat, the people who get their coverage through the marketplace but aren't eligible for those tax credits uh, will be paying a lot more than they would be otherwise. Twenty percent more is the estimate. In Michigan, that's about sixty-one thousand people who don't who aren't eligible for tax credits but buy their health insurance in the marketplace. They'll be the ones who are really going to be most directly hurt by this decision. But yes, health plans may decide to leave the market. We may have you know, fewer uh, health plans to choose from. Uh, and again, it raises our taxes because it's actually more expensive to pay premiums for tax credits than it is for these cost-sharing subsidies. So the federal government actually ends up paying more in the end. Six billion more is the estimate for next year. Wow. 
Wow. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Marianne Udall Phillips, Director of the Center for Healthcare Research and Transformation. We're talking about the executive order signed by President Trump last week that he says will start the process of ending Obamacare. That means he will stop making scheduled payments to insurance companies that help lower deductibles for low-income people. Do you think this is the right move to be making, given that the president can't get a bigger health care reform package through Congress? Do you think it will have a negative effect on people in the insurance market? And do you think that maybe it will get us to something better by causing a crisis that we don't quite have yet uh, and focusing people's attention on the need for Reform. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Again, 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, Marianne, I want to talk about that larger context of reform. As I point out, Congress just has not been able to deal with it in a rational way. They, they, they rejected two really extreme proposals already this year. Um, do you think, and maybe this is a very dark question, but do you think that doing it this way, which is to expedite a crisis that some people say is on its way anyway with regard to the Affordable Care Act, does that open up the possibility that we get to a bigger discussion about how to fix this? Well, you know, certainly I would love to see bipartisan discussions uh, take hold about how to help improve the Affordable Care Act. Uh, and there were some productive discussions going on between Lamar Alexander and Patty Murray in, mm-hmm. in the Senate. Mm-hmm. They were making real progress on trying to come together on ideas that could actually improve people's access to health care and the cost of health care. That was very much derailed, uh, frankly, by President Trump. He, he, he said he wouldn't support those efforts when they were still talking about repealing the Affordable Care Act. And most recently, his budget director has said that he'll only support uh, bipartisan efforts on health care if, quote-unquote, the president gets something like his wall, which is not connected to health Which has nothing to do with health care. Right. So, yeah. you I mean, know, it's they, really concerning. Yeah, I mean, there, there isn't, there doesn't seem to be traction for the bipartisan approach beyond just a few representatives in 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 the Congress. I mean, there is just not this ability to say maybe we take a little bit of the the ideas from each side, put them together, yeah. and we come up with something that works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the ideas are there. I really think this is not a, really a technical problem. I think there are lots of ways to improve this bill and 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 make it better for for consumers and and for people who need health care but as you say there's just there's the politics seem to be against it and that's really discouraging yeah uh, let's go to angela in detroit angela welcome to detroit today um hi hi while i was listening to this i thought how are mr trump's voters going to be affected by the health care changes mr trump is Hmm. proposing. Yeah, that's a great that's a great question, Angela. Of course, we don't always know who voted for whom in a presidential election, but we can sort of look at aggregate results and talk about places like Macomb County, which was a place, a jurisdiction that uh, President Obama won twice, but that President Trump won in 2016. Uh, Marianne, can you give us some idea of the vulnerability of 
people to this issue in different parts of the state? Right. So this is an issue that, you know, affects everybody across the state. Mm -hmm. It affects people who have that marketplace coverage, who don't have an employer who provides health insurance coverage. But as I say, it also affects everyone who's a taxpayer because we'll all be paying more as a result of a decision like this. So the most direct people who are affected are, uh, are the working class, and they will be the ones who are most negatively affected. Uh, so to the extent that there was a higher percentage of voters in the working class who who voted for President Trump, they would be more adversely affected than others. Yeah. But really, just about everybody across the state will be negatively affected by this decision. Yeah. Okay, Marianne Udall Phillips, Director of the Center for Healthcare Research and Transformation. Thanks, as always, for being here on Detroit Today. Happy to be here. All right, that's going to do it for me today. I will be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. Detroit Today is produced by Laura Weber Davis and Jake Neer. Our program director is Joan Isabella. The technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevethan. And the associate producer is Gus Navarro. Detroit Today's theme song was composed by WDET's Sam Bobian. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.